Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome back to another episode of Buffalo Happy Hour. Mike, what's up? You lose up to 30% of your taste buds during flight, which is why airplane food always tastes terrible. Starting today's episode off with fact of the day. We'll talk about it in three seconds. Just want to quickly say, if you're not subscribed, please hit that subscribe button on the bottom. We appreciate any and all support. We are on the road to 1,000. Follow us as well on Buffalo Happy Hour 12 for Instagram and Buffalo Happy Hour on Facebook. You can see our other posts, which are up to six times a week. So welcome back, and let's dive into the fact of the day. The elevation in an airplane can have a detrimental effect on our ability to taste things, according to a 2010 study conducted by Germany's Fraunhofer Institute <laughs> for Building Physics. The dryness experienced at a high elevation as well as low pressure reduces the sensitivity of a person's taste buds to sweet and salty foods by about 30%. Add that dry cabin air... That affects our ability to smell as well as our ability to taste reduced even further. So that is why that happens to us. So don't get mad at the airlines. Get mad at your own body for not being able to adjust adequately while flying. So episode 94, we had a very good discussion about feet. Episode 95, we talked about ears quite a bit and how gauged ears are interesting. And now, in episode 96, we're going to talk about the tongue. And I promise you, this is all not planned. It just happens to be within Mike's note of the day, fact of the day. So we're just going to kind of roll with it and see where it goes from here. I'm interested to see, now that we know, what are you doing? Just pulling out lottery tickets? You showing me that we're rich now? Can finally pay for some of this stuff that we got? I won $2. Oh, God. It doesn't even make a dent into what we spent in this thing. Yeah. Do you think we'll ever make... Okay, so anyway, the your taste buds, we lose the effectiveness of the taste buds? Correct. At that altitude? It's not like they die off, but yes, 
the dry cabin air and the flight in general apparently decreases our ability to taste things by up to 30% for sweet and salty foods. So it doesn't have to do with elevation? It's just no, the it dry cabin Okay. Yeah. As well as dry <clears throat> cabin air. Elevation and dry cabin air. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I wonder why, like, biologically, why that happens. I guess you can dive into the 2010 study done by Chad and me. I refuse to look at anything they publish. Um, but why do you think that that happens? Is it because dry cabin air along with elevation decrease the salivation within your mouth that don't trigger your taste buds? So if you're new here, this is what happens. Yeah, we I just give, start going on. I give a fact, and then Derek asks me questions like I have the answers. <laughs> And then I go back, tell him he's just as dumb as I am, and around and around we go. Okay, so that brings up a good point. But don't act like you're getting out of my initial question. But I do want to ask you something because it's a it's a fun experiment. If you had to describe our pod like this part of our podcast to somebody, the weekly episodes, what tagline would you say? What would you tell your friend? Like a, a tag, like a one line. To be like, oh yeah, this is their podcast. What would you say for just this for just week, the episodes? Yeah, not what we do as a podcast. Well, I mean, what we do as a podcast, but what we do as a podcast kind of encapsulates both this episode today, the Wednesday Whiskey reviews, and our special interviews. Right. So, if you were to tell somebody the Buffalo Happy Hour podcast uploads on Monday, how would you describe our Monday episodes? I always tell people that it's Derek and I going back and forth for an hour on topics we generally know nothing about. (laughs) And everybody always has the same reaction. Either that reaction or they're like, that's got to be something worth listening to. Because they're like, you guys are just nuts. And a lot of it is like, they're friends that ask. You know what I mean? But then it's also enticing enough for a stranger where they're like, I'm going to give that one like one whirl. And if I don't like it, I'll stick to Wednesdays and Fridays. Do you think we live up to the expectation? I think so, because we generally don't know anything. Correct. So that expectation, I think we live up to. However, I, I feel like it's entertaining. We do get a lot of comments and overall reactions to the Monday episode mm-hmm. releases because people do like to come out and tell us, like, hey, although you guys consistently bash each other for, quote-unquote, not having anybody listen... It's also really cool to listen to because we're getting a whole different side of you two. Because mm-hmm. Wednesdays and Fridays are generally semi-professional, but then Mondays it's just us conversing with no outside pressure or stress, yeah. and we can just literally go off the rails and talk about now this week tongues. Yeah. So, have you like looked deep into your tongue to like look at your taste buds before? Like, okay. were you ever? So- <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> no, but like, have you ever looked at your tongue and be like, those are my taste buds? Like, those are large. So what I've done before is during dental hygiene, which occurs a few times a day because I'm not a barbarian. The There was one time where I was scrubbing my tongue with my toothbrush. And, and a taste bud fell off. No. Oh. Silly. And when I was done with that task, I know, like, I felt, or I thought I felt like a bump on my tongue. And I'm like, what is that? So I used my front teeth to kind of like scrape my tongue to figure out if there was actually like a bump on there. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking in the mirror at the same time of doing it. And then I was 
essentially biting down so hard because, again, I'm an idiot that I was starting to see, like, my tongue would, like, it, um, it would swell and then obviously, like, crunch underneath the tooth and then expand back mm. again. So as it was swelling, then I did see taste buds or, like, little white dots on my tongue. And I'm like, oh, those are, those are my taste buds. Like, there's no, there's nothing gross on are my they tongue. white? Well, they looked white because I was squeezing the hell out oh, of my tongue okay, and my okay, tooth. Okay. But I was, I was like, say, I don't know if mine are white. <laughs> I was like, I don't, I'm like, I guess those are taste buds. But I don't know. How do I know? Right. You know, I'm not an ears, nose, and throat doctor. How far back do your taste buds go? Like, do they stop at the end of, like, where your mouth is? Or do they, can because your tongue is pretty long. Yeah, it's gross. Like, it goes down into your throat, doesn't it? It's one of the longest, I believe it's one of the longest muscles in the body. It's one of the strongest, right? No, that's your heart. Probably makes more sense. Yeah. But, yeah, I think tongue is actually up there, though. Yeah. There's, there's like, a weird fact about the tongue, right? Yeah. I'll look it up as we discuss more things we don't know. Do you think that people's, like, surface area of taste buds vary based off of who they are, or is it pretty consistent? Like, if you got one of those weird dudes that's, like, scream and his tongue is able to touch his chest hair, do you think that he has more taste buds than I do, and is he better at being a whiskey steward than I am because of that? Call him out. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Call him out. I just don't. That That's really fascinating. And why do they stop? Like, why isn't our whole tongue a taste bud? I have a lot of questions. We should talk to somebody One about One giant <laughs> taste bud? Yeah, that'd be cool. Because obviously it's split into sections. Like, there's one section of your tongue for sweet. There's one section of your tongue for salty. One for bitter. Is that true? Yeah. C- certain taste buds are for that? Or certain Correct. sections of your tongue? Well, it's, I guess, the same thing. What's the front part of our tongue used for that? Oh, my God. Okay, so... <laughs> I'm not even going to try to say that word, but the there's taste cells, which are chemoreceptors, and they occupy the central portion of the bud. They are spindle-shaped, and each possess a large spherical nucleus near the middle of the cell. This is going way above my head. You start talking about nucleus of cells, all I know is that the mitochondria is definitely the powerhouse of that cell, and that's it. That's right. Also, <laughs> just remember that every seven years, your taste buds change. Really? Yep. That's basically... That's probably why you, like, start liking food out of nowhere, like, right? Well, yeah, correct. Like, I didn't like broccoli when I was younger, but now I do. Yeah. So, I... Honestly, I don't know. Google wasn't too much of a help. Yeah, it didn't seem it. So, what is the front part of our tongue used for? Like, the non-taste buds. You can still taste with that, right? Or is that the taste receptors on the roof of your mouth? Again, do you guys remember what I just said? <laughs> well, <laughs> Derek asked me questions that he th- thinks that I know the answer to. Of course I don't. Not- what? Seriously? <laughs> Seriously? You? I hope you zoom in on yourself so all of us watching can just literally realize what I put up with on a day-to-day basis. I wanted to know... If you balance whiskey on the part of your tongue that doesn't have taste buds, if you can taste things. <laughs> oh, my God. That's what I wanted to know. Try it. What did you do this week? <laughs> can we just dive into the weekly no, recap? Dude, it doesn't involve tongues, so we have to talk about this a little longer. <laughs> we have to meet our 15-minute quota of topics. Um, just try it. Try it. Try it right now. See if you can balance. Like, make a cup. Can you do a four-leaf clover with your tongue? No. Like that thing? Uh, weirdo. No. Can you I, fold your tongue? Yeah, I can make the... Yeah, I can do that, but I can't can make Can you go the, upside down? I'm sorry. What? Like, 
Like twist it? Yeah, I can move. I can, yes, I can turn my tongue 180 degrees. Okay, so listen to this, though. This is really interesting, too. So you know how people can go like, like yeah, you're I using the it. roof of your mouth? Yeah. I can do that without touching the roof of my mouth. And it's super deep. I got a powerful tongue. I don't know what else that says about me, but I got a powerful tongue. Can we please move on now? <laughs> just hit, did just you have hit a, the beep. Did, did <laughs> <laughs> I want you to try it, though. Try to balance the whiskey in, in the part of your tongue that's not. Nope, don't let it touch anything else. Not your lips, not the roof of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it is so hot in here, too. First of all, <laughs> you're not asking me to do this with water. There is consequences to doing that with this. This is 100 proof booze, man. Oh, yeah, it is. It's mellow corn, too. You taste it in a corn stock. Okay, so you're like, don't let it touch anything. I'm like, okay, first of all, it's already touched all the things. It's literally burning my lips. That's why I had such a weird face, is because I was trying to balance it in like a cereal bowl on my tongue, you know? Do it again. Do it again. <coughs> you look like you're trying to get air. It kind of went down on the other sides, burning the esophagus. Anyways, weekly recap. What did we do? What? What? Hello? I don't even know, dude. What? We, I didn't know you were going to ask me that, Santa. Um, what did we do? We hung out at your house. It was your birthday. Happy birthday, Michael. It is your 29th birthday. You can now finally say that yes. you're 29 without 29? being wrong. Yes. Because you've been saying you've been 29 for like about a couple months now anyway. Yeah, when people would ask. I forgot how old I was. Well, you're technically now on your 30th revolution of Earth. And then I complete it on my Correct. birthday. Because when you're born, you're on your first revolution. So you were technically right. Yeah. And now you should say that you're on your 30th. What if you told somebody that? Like, how old are you? I'm on my 30th round. They would probably ask you, oh, you're one of those two, aren't you? And you're like, yes, I do read my horoscope every <laughs> single day and base major life decisions on if someone's a Scorpio or not. What do people that are flat earthers say about that? Are they on their 30th revolution or are they on their 30th? Square dance? Loop? Yeah. <laughs> Square dance? <laughs> yeah. I, I have no clue. Those people are out of their mind. Yeah. But, but yeah, so we, we had your, your birthday. That was fun. Uh, we had a birthday party for you, which was even more fun. Yeah. Walk in and Nick Offerman's blasted on the TV uh, projector screen. That yeah. was sick. Yeah. It was a bourbon cigar themed birthday party. So we just had close friends and family over. Um, really good time. Small people. It was like 10 people. I made a cake. We should probably talk about that. Hell yeah. Cakes by Katia. Uh, thank you again for letting me work with you because that was hilarious. How did you start that conversation? Like, what did you. What did you ask her? So, obviously, she's extremely busy. However, I liked the ingredients that she uses to make her products. So, I reached out to her, and I said, hey, I'm thinking about doing something pretty small for my birthday. Um, and I was wondering if I could, like, either have you make my cake or, like, I could, I don't know, like, do something and, yeah. and help you out. And she goes, yeah, you want to make your cake? And I was like, Sure. I was like, well, can I, like, work with you? Because I want to learn some things anyways and just kind of, like, help you out. And she's totally alone. She has mm -hmm. no help. Um, she works 14, 15-hour days, about six days a week. And she was all about it. She goes, yeah. I was like, all right, sweet. So then we kind of tied in because um, I refuse to take money because I'm like, that's not how this is going to work. And she's like, well, then fine. Like, you're just going to get your cake then. I'm like, whatever. So um, 
being honest, like a lot of some of the stuff was already made for my cake. I just mm-hmm. had to make it specifically for my cake, which I'll dive into in a second. So um, she wanted to teach me how to make a pastry. And I'm like, that's going to be extremely difficult because the layers have to be bas- like perfect. Hell yeah. Basically um, for pastries are tough. And it, especially it, if you want that flake. And it was um, I don't know if it's pronounced. She's going. I mean, I know she's going to text me and just be like, you're an idiot. It's <laughs> pronounced this way. But baklava or baklava however it's said it's baklava so that pastry has multiple layers to it that are extremely flaky and it's so hard to make if you're a horrendous baker so Hmm. i love to bake but i'm not necessarily like really good at the technical side of it like she is because she does it literally 15 hours a day every day Yeah, obviously so um she's like well i want to teach you how to make it and i was like okay that's fine well as we got closer to the day it didn't necessarily make any sense. So I was like, fine, I'll just make sponge. So to make sponge for cake, like basically mm-hmm. make cake, um, she goes, okay, you start, you crack 60 eggs. Because <laughs> for those that don't know, she's Russian. If you couldn't tell by the name Katya. Yeah, so English translation is Katie. So I was like, all right, sweet, let's do it. So I'm just sitting there cracking five eggs into a small bowl and then making sure there's no eggshells in them. One egg at a time. I'm not doing two eggs because I'm not getting crazy like my, my family does it. Do actually you do it one cooks. hand? Yeah, I'll crack it with one hand and then split it with two. Oh, that's what I mean. So, like, when I do eggs, I crack with one hand and then, like, yeah, no. Gordon Ramsay it open. Yeah, no. My cousin and my uncle can do that with one egg in each hand yeah. and do two at a time with no shells. I'm like, my, it literally would explode all over the place. Can you do, like, can you cut cards? Like, I can cut cards in half with one hand. Yeah, it's just, uh, like, you split it, you do a little magic trick, and then it's back. You're weird. Yeah, I just got big hands, man. Sorry, continue. So, you were cracking eggs and you did 60 of them? Yeah, Crack 60 eggs, and then five eggs at a time. Did you get any shells in? Made sure there were no shells. No, I just took my time. And then um, dropped it into a giant KitchenAid bowl for the commercial-sized KitchenAid that she has. I was like, all right, this is sweet. Uh, Once all the eggs were done, she's like, okay. She's like, whip this for like 15 minutes with the whisk. And I was like, okay, this is massive whisk. So whisked it for 15 minutes it started to rise and then she's like add this concoction to it and i was like okay so it's basically like a milk or something Mm -hmm. so poured that in um which i'm kind of playing dumb on purpose because they're like family recipes you i dude couldn't even tell you the amounts of things like couldn't tell you it was nuts so pinch of this a pinch of that a handful of this no it was massive scales because Right, but I'm saying, like, from a, from a measuring standpoint, that's well, probably right. what it was close. To, like, you have no idea what it is because it's all just, just do this. And you're like, what Correct. do you mean? Yeah. So once that uh, concoction was added to the eggs, then that was all set to base. That was basically, like, batter, uh, for lack of better terms. Mm-hmm. Then the cake pans, as it was whisking, uh, we prepped them. So we sprayed them, put in the parchment paper, made more parchment paper for the different size pans, mm-hmm. and then poured the the mix into each p- cake pan oh, okay. and then threw the cake pans into the oven and then that was it and then it was like okay in between of doing all these things like we're going to clean we're going to make your cake and then I'm going to ice these cookies I'm like this is nuts like there's so much going on so my cake was a five layered chocolate cake and it was a chocolate on chocolate on chocolate rich cake it was great so um, how it was made was a layer of sponge buttercreamer on the outside to damn the ganache a scoop of ganache and then it the ganache was insensitized with a little bit of bourbon from a local distillery um 
and then that was spread on top of the sponge, and then I sprinkled cinnamon diced pecans hmm. into the ganache, and then another layer of sponge, repeated that five times, and then um, buttercream and ganache were on the outside to ice it, and then it all went into the fridge, and then uh, pulled it out, added the buttercream swirls to signify what one slice was, and then sprinkled more cinnamon mm. uh, pecans on top yeah. to just kind of flare it out and then let everybody know what was inside the cake. So everybody that came over got a slice or split a slice because they were huge slices mm-hmm. in height-wise, um, and everybody thought it was really good. What bourbon did you use? Uh, the bourbon from her friend that we had mm. as well. So I threw in just a little bit of that with the ganache, mixed it, kept trying it. I wanted to make sure like it, the mixture was good. I didn't yeah. want to overpower the ganache. I didn't want to lose. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I just wanted kind of to blend both worlds between the our show and my birthday and chocolate cake. Oh, yeah, because you had a theme to your birthday too, huh? Yeah, bourbon cigars. Nice. Did you so, get to smoke anything when you were there? No. At any time on your birthday? No? No. Really? Yeah. When was the last time you smoked a cigar? A week. Oh. So recent, yeah, but... That yeah, that was sooner than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it's not a long time. Uh, on the way over, Derek. Right. Uh, but no. And then you mentioned during the Wednesday Whiskey Review, I've been on a analogy roll. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. It comes in spurts. And then I try to remember them and never really do. Yeah, what were you talking about at your birthday? It was some random... Cru- cru- it was a cruise ship analogy. Yeah, we talked about we talked about cruise ships last week, but this analogy was different from cruise ships. Forgot what it was though. Yeah, we were talking about a vacation, but we were talking about something else that was way more serious, and I mm-hmm. blended what we were talking about with basically going on a vacation on a cruise. Damn. And then you had a bunch of questions about a cruise ship, because again, that's what Derek does. He asked mm-hmm. me questions about it. But the other one was we were talking about how people's circles as we grow up become super small. Um, and then I said, well, yeah, that's why there's 50 seats in a bus, but only right, two seats in yeah. a Lambo. So. And then I said, there's a lot of, there's 2,000 people on a cruise ship, so you don't really like any of them. That's why I can go, go drown. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about shooting torpedoes onto a cruise ship, like mm-hmm. we were, with who would you kill? So you really believe that about the 50 seats on a bus and two seats on a Corvette? Lambo. That's why your circle? Oh, yeah. That's why your but circle yeah. gets smaller. Yeah, your circle gets smaller at while, and when your vision gets larger. That's how it always works. And then people always say, I've heard it a few times in rap songs, but they always say that the most reliable source. You'll know like who your friends are because you'll start to see as you gain success, money, and notoriety. They're just like, hey, can you can you help me out with like fifty bucks here or seventy five bucks here? And it's just like, no, dude, like I'm not. Like, just because I'm grinding and making it work doesn't mean that I'm just going to throw you money. Like, you can do it, too. Right. Just grind. So, yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> There's a lot to say, too, about, like, your, your, you can tell who's a good friend or who has good intentions by the way that they react to your success. So if, you, if we didn't do this podcast together and you did it outside of us, then I'm like, this is stupid. Like, why are you doing a podcast? I'm dumb. You're never going to make it. Like, you then tell who your friends are based off that response because people that are your friends should be supportive unless they're kind of like jabbing you and being like, aha, I'm making fun of you. But generally speaking, if they don't offer some like enthusiasm or like kind words, yeah, kind words or anything like that, they're not good people. I don't know where I heard. I mean, that's always been obviously true, but I heard it the other day and I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. There's also that pretty famous meme going around where it's just like, if you're, 
if you're 30 years old and your friends aren't talking about A, B, and C, you should probably look at new friends. Which, to a point, sure, but everybody's got a different life. Have you noticed your friend group shrink? Change? Or, yeah, but like the people within it changed because you changed, or did you always have the same similar minded friends and you all changed together? Or is I would it half say, and half? I, uh, I would say it's half and half. So, like, I hate burning bridges and I try my absolute best never to burn a bridge. So if, if I'm doing A and somebody else is, you know, they're doing what they think is A or what somebody else would consider B or whatever, I can say two things. Like, the first, which is fairly liberal for me to say, is everybody's on their own journey. So everyone's just trying to figure it out at their own pace just because... I think that's a that's like, a, not necessarily a liberal talking point. Well... To some other people are just like no, like you're, they're, they're kind of stuck in what society says is the right thing to sure. do on the right track or um, successful or not. So that's why I say it like that. But I have some of my friends are extremely goal oriented and very focused on where they want to be in five years, mm-hmm. where they want to be in ten years, and they'll stop at absolutely nothing to get there sooner than five. Sure, and that's their life. Like that's their vision. That's their mindset. And I can relate to them in a lot of different areas. Then there's also the other friends that I have where <coughs> they they do want that, you know, whatever that is. But they don't really care about the time frame. And they don't really care about how they do it. Mm-hmm. But they're like, yeah, like it'll all fall into place or it'll figure itself out. And then there's the other friends that I have that they're like, when it happens, it happens. But I'm just like, I'm just pumped that the sun woke me up today. Yeah. So, and I don't. I don't care either way. Like, but I'm I'm way over here doing my own thing. And a lot of that is just because of like my own journey through life up until like 19 years old. Sure. So, so do you surround yourself with people that are similar to you or do you surround yourself with people that are different and complement you? I guess that's kind of what I'm getting at because from from my standpoint, my friends seem to all be the same mindset. So for me, I would probably say that I surround myself with people that are similar to me and not necessarily I mean they do compliment me in a way, but they don't have like they're they're pretty similar in their ambitions. Yeah. All of my friends are the exact same people okay. in person that I am. Like we're we're going this way. Yeah. So if you want to join in on the ride then let's do it. But we're all trying to crush the same goals. Um and that's just kinda like that's kinda where it's at. Mm-hmm. But it's not to say that say we do say we you know reach the goal or whatever and if i'm chilling say i'm on my porch having a cigar there's two chairs on my porch Mm -hmm. i don't care who's filling that other seat if it's somebody that falls into the the other group like yeah it's my house like you're my friend like come over Mm -hmm. like i don't care um the other aspect of that is i don't know when i'm gonna be home you know what right. I mean? Because we're like, you know, because obviously you're, you're basically living the same life, but I have all of these things booked during the week. So I have like maybe one free day at night where I can sit down and spend four hours and talk to somebody. Right. And that's about it. So, and then I got to go to bed, wake up and either hit the gym or go right back to work. Like I, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. So that kind of sucks. But I also think that that's our age. Like yeah. we don't have um, a million dollar patent completed, so not yet. Well, right. So we're not like we're not already retired, and right now we're in that 
grind phase of life so that we can actually start to relax or make sure that we have everything set for retirement so that in 20 years we can retire. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> We're just in that grind phase. That's all. Yeah. But there's no ill feelings or anything to anybody. It's just life. So you brought up a phrase again earlier, and I want to know your thoughts on where it came from. Oh, boy. Which one? Burning bridges. Oh, yeah. Where do you think that that started? Because you have burning bridges, and then you have, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Are those related? Did I say both? No, I'm just saying in general, like the, the concept of both of those phrases. I got a sneeze again, dude. I got like a random fever for 45 minutes the other day, and I thought I was going to die. And then the 45 minutes was up, and I'm like, I feel like I could run a marathon, which I've never said before in my entire life. You, pr- Especially after two weeks ago. You probably had a tapeworm fly up your nose. We'll talk about it later. So anyways. Excuse me? What? Who? Tapeworm? research this. Inside you? Um, all right, so where do you think, think that those came from? I think burning bridges came from the Salem Witch Trials, if not probably war, because you're cutting off supplies and supply lines, so you burn bridges. But I, I don't know. Well, hold on. Let's ask something that might actually have an answer, because that would be hilarious. And what about cross that bridge when you get there? Like, where did that? There's so many phrases out there that are just random. Right. Well, let's let's. Okay, I'll try to answer. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. Is probably from somebody who's saying we'll just take care of what we have to first and then like five meter target let's focus on the five meter target once that's complete then we'll go to the 50 meter target do you think that there was actually a bridge that they were like let's tackle this animal in front of us right now probably but about getting across there we'll cross that bridge when we get there there I, i bet somebody was probably like that bridge doesn't look very safe we're 200 meters above the ground there's water rip tides blow i think i saw a shark in there and i'm not 100 percent sure i trust these ropes that are holding this bridge up and the other person is like you know what we'll cross that bridge when we get there like his motivation i don't think it was ever supposed to be a like future thing like i don't think it was supposed to be a you know what put that aside because we'll get to it i think it was more of like a no you know what we're gonna friggin' cross this bridge i promise you when we get there we're gonna cross this bridge when we get there uh, it's based on ancient military history, so I assume it's for... Which one? It's probably for both, but right now, the first thing that came up was burn bridges. Yeah. That's from ancient military history. When soldiers crossed a river, they literally burned the bridge or boats they had used in order to cut off the possibility of retreat, which that was famous in, like, the Battle that of Troy and things like that. Like, hey, we won't lose <clears throat> because we literally have no option. Sure. Like, we can't go backwards because there is no backwards. We can see, only go forward. Do you see benefits of that? A hundred percent. Like, in real life? So, in real life, do you burn bridges or no? In this instance, yeah. However, when it comes to friendships, no. So, okay. Let's relate it to a project. I burn bridges when I start a project in the house because the damage is already done. Like, well, but that's just, kind of a, I just ripped up all that baseboard trim. Now I have to finish but it. But that's a result. That's not a, that's not like actually consciously burning a bridge. Like from Of course so it like, is. No, it's not because you have to do that project anyway. So you doing that project is do a result. Of, yeah. You doing well, you you taking over doing a project. The result is you burning the bridge because you have to make progress on the project or else you're not going to get it done. Burning a bridge in a more like literal sense to me would be like you're quitting a job and you flash your boss on the way out. Like that's burning your bridge because you're not going to get that job back. So there is 
you don't have to do that. Whereas the baseboard, you have to take that baseboard out or else you literally can't get your project done. But burning your bridge would be like doing that to your boss and then you literally can't go back. So do you find benefit in doing, not flashing your boss, obviously, that'd be stupid, but burning bridges in that sense to force you to make a conscious decision going forward? Oh, yeah, no, I don't do that. No. No. I don't think I do either, which is interesting to me why that's even a phrase then because I don't know people who are actually consciously burning bridges or unless it's just a reminder not to burn bridges yeah now it's a philosophical war inside of your head this is interesting because i did want to talk about this actually a couple weeks ago and that's universal basic income and i promise you that this is going to come back somewhat to the topic but universal basic income at a high level doesn't make it to me it doesn't make a like a ton of logical sense because you're spending a ton of money, but there is a process within universal basic income and an outcome of universal basic income that used correctly could be very beneficial. So if you and I were doing this podcast right now, we currently have restrictions to doing this podcast because we work full time, because we have to pay for stuff. If we had universal basic income and we had even like federally granted money that gave us a certain amount of money per month, we could then sacrifice our full-time job to grind as hard as we possibly can on the podcast with no restrictions, which in turn, in, if used correctly, could generate faster, more sustainable growth on our end with the podcast because we're able to dedicate more time to that. Okay. So what are your thoughts on that? I'm still against universal basic income. So you don't think, uh, you, you don't see any benefit of it? No. In that specific situation, I do. However, we are two people out of 300 and, I don't know what, 90 million documented, undocumented people within the U.S. that would all get benefits from that? Not for it. because You, you don't think the benefits would outweigh because the positives we're, at all? we're two people that would use it correctly, there's millions that would abuse it. Because but there would people also be suck. millions that would benefit from it too. Like I don't would think they, you and you and would I they, though? <laughs> would they? You and I are not did two people random benefit? people. Did two, we are? I mean, two we are two people. random people. We're not the two only people in the entire world that would use it correctly. There is probably a ton of people. Like if you think of how many people use the stimulus checks <clears throat> correctly, quote unquote correctly. Mm, I don't know because that's also subjective. But you're also you and I doing that. To us, that's correct. Sure. Other people would be like, you're an idiot. You shouldn't have done that. Like, it's all it's all circumstantial on what they think correct is. So if you think of, and I understand that universal basic income didn't exist, but if you think of Apple, you think of Google, you think of Facebook, you think of Amazon, you think of these multi-million dollar, billion dollar companies, they all started with a sacrifice of basically burning that bridge and saying, I'm going to go in all in on this. And if it fails, basically I'm screwed. Well, that's any entrepreneur move too, though. Right. But if you you don't need universal basic income to do that. Sure. But wouldn't universal basic income be able to catalyst that process to then be able to take a reasonable person like you and I say, okay, we have this backdrop if this does fail. So we're, instead of burning that bridge and not having any money coming in, again, I told you that it would come back, not having any money coming in, we can now take a less risky approach to make a very, very potential, very lucrative move to expand this progress. Like if if Apple, Facebook, Google, Amazon, and all that stuff did that with a huge risk, how many more people would have innovated something if the risk wasn't as high? 
That's the philosophical question that I'm getting at here. The crazy thing and the beautiful thing about capitalism is that there's nothing stopping anybody from doing something to compete against the major big tech companies that exist today, mm -hmm. except themselves. Which is why capitalism still rules, opposes socialism. Right. But I'm saying that... Look at what we're using <clears throat> right now. Mm -hmm. These headphones. How many other options of headphones are there? We chose these and why. Cheap. Capitalism drives competition. So universal basic income, I don't think, would be any catalyst to help a competitive edge that would necessarily allow us to grow in any sense of the word. So you don't think if we were able to dedicate 60 hours a week to this podcast alone, we would be any further along than two, three? Well, of course we would, but I'm not, I don't think that we need universal basic income to do that. And we don't need it in general anyways because of capitalism. Well, we do need it. If we wanted to take that step, we would need it. You and I would not be able to fiscally survive if we quit our jobs. If we did nothing else. Mm-hmm. Correct. However, if we downsized and became minimalists and only did this, then yeah, it would work. You think so? A hundred percent. So for the record, I'm not for universal basic income. I said that in the start, but it's just an interesting topic because I feel personally, I'm not saying that it would work a hundred percent of the time, but having that safety net would encourage more people to take that risk, knowing that they wouldn't be losing their entire income. They would be losing majority of it. So if you're getting a thousand dollars a month, oh, I get it. Yeah, I get it. I just don't think, I just don't think you would need it, and I don't think that it would benefit. Not at all. Because again, <laughs> unless you would have to make sacrifices. Basically, that's what it would come down to. Are you willing to sell your house? Are you willing to sell your home? Are you willing to sell other things that you have, like all your clothes, all the extra things that you have, all the materials, you would sell all of them, live out of a van with all the podcast equipment, and drive around and do nothing but pod full-time and eat ramen until you make money to then rebuild yourself back up with money you made from the podcast? That's what it would take because... Without Universal Basic. Correct. That's what it would take, yeah. But the beautiful thing of capitalism is that and the, the u.s in general is nothing stopping us from doing that except for mm -hmm. for us so our full-time jobs pay for the house pay for the car pay for the new pots and pans pays for clothes etc keeps the lights on and the podcast is a hobby so if we wanted to it's i mean you could say the same thing outside of universe you want universal basic income join the military become a disabled veteran by serving in a foreign war stop on a landmine, and then become 100% disabled. There you go. There's $4,000 a month tax-free. There you go. Could do that. And then you can use that as a catalyst to better your life or however you want. That's true, yeah. 100%. That's very true. Instead There's of, a lot of people, though, that can't serve, though. So that option to be able to have that wouldn't be... Again, I'm just being an antagonist here. I understand that. And there's also it a lot of people... It is getting you fired up. <laughs> of course, because there's, there's a lot of people that don't need a stimulus check that got one. Taxation! <laughs> Taxation theft. <laughs> so, like, I just now you're gonna get me all fired up. I, know, yeah, I love it's, it. It's the same it's my thing. Favorite. It's the same thing because now you have people that don't need a stimulus check. They got one anyway. Sure, but you got I dead, also hold on. You got dead people that got a stimulus check. They were dead. You also have people that didn't fit the parameters that still got one. So it'd be the same thing for universal basic income. Do legals and illegals get them? Do just U.S. citizens get one? Is it no matter what tax bracket you're in, you get this random amount of money? How do well, you we wouldn't pay necessarily for it? be in a tax bracket anymore if you would be 
Who pays for it? Oh, yeah, that's true. Because you if you tell me the top bracket. 1%, I'm going to tell you that we already have the top 1% paying for over 40% of right, all taxes. Yeah, so yeah. What, what are we really doing? We already have the most progressive tax system in the, in the world. Mm-hmm. So the top 1% whole thing is a lie. So what is... Oh, absolutely. I mean, what they do, pay for so, more than people know. Yeah, of course, because no one actually looks at numbers. No one reads IRS sure. forms. So how... How? Well, how, I think... Where would this money come from? Because then gas is going to be $17.04 a gallon. I think we spend a lot, first of all, on a lot of government programs that don't need it. I'm not saying that that can completely fund it. But I think that also comparing universal basic income to the stimulus checks is... A flawed comparison in the fact that well, of course it is the same as comparing like the flu vaccine to the COVID vaccine. Like some things were rushed out for the sake of not fully vetting it at the expense of sending it out as quickly as possible. So a lot of dead people did get the stimulus checks, but when you're going to universal basic income, the argument for it, and I think that this is actually Andrew Yang's argument for it, was that he was saying we have it for a set period of time. And it's like if you're not showing progress of doing something with it, I think it's a backdrop. Like there, there is some unemployment more. I guess my process or my question would be more of an unemployment relief instead of a universal basic income. Like everybody should not get the same amount and it should expire if you're not showing any progress. That's the thing. No one is going to show progress when the government sends you money for doing absolutely nothing. Well, if they have a three-month limit to it, and they're saying, we're going to send you three months of it, and if you don't show any progress within that three months, we're taking it away. So then they basically get three months of more money to then just go back to what they were doing for the last 15 to 25 to 40 years of well, living off the system? I also don't think that you send it to everybody. It has You have to have a plan in place and basically Which is quit what, your though? job. What's his plan? I don't know. I don't know his specific plan. Well, yeah, I mean, that exactly. So, again, around and around, we just print money and send it out, and then the same people that live off the system are now just going to get three months of more pay. Who does that really benefit? Nobody. doesn't do anything except a group of people that fall within a certain parameter that is set by one human being that was, for some reason, elected by everybody, quote-unquote, then just signs a piece of paper that says all this money is going to these people, and then if nothing happens in three months... Uh, put yourself in that person's shoes. Not Yang's, but somebody who is waiting for that money, and they're just like, okay, I have the entire... I'm talking about, like, the bottom feeders, okay? Not, you know, because I know somebody's going to be like, monks should have empathy and compassion and blah, but I'm talking about the people that legitimately just live off the system and do nothing. They're sitting there, and all of a sudden, this guy gets elected and says, we're going to send you X amount of dollars, and everything's going to be all hunky-dory utopia, rainbows and unicorns. And then all of a sudden, they look at their bank, and now they went from negative $2,000 in their account to $1,000 because they just got $3,000 from the government for the next three months. So they say, well, now that I'm out of the negatives, I'm going to sit here and do absolutely nothing for the next two months. And then I'm going to get an additional $6,000 into my accounts. Now, so what will they do with I that money? I have $7,000 in my account and I'm going to go out and I'm going to buy A, B, and C because I always wanted to. I may try to pay this bill, but I'm going to come up with an excuse not to pay it. Like, who knows what the person's going to do? But then all of a sudden, they're not, they're not showing any progress. They spend all their money. And then they sit there and they're just like, well, I guess I'll just keep going back to collecting 400 bucks a week like I was before, but it was nice to buy crab legs once. Well, like, aren't they supporting a small business then at that point? Are because they? Because they're spending money. Well, you said that they would be going out to buy crab legs. I'm assuming that's at a restaurant. Well, what if they go to Restaurant Depot? They're still supporting a business. 
which then gets in turn cycled back into the economy. It's not like that money's going away. Yeah, but dude, people go to Restaurant Depot every single day anyways. It's not like they lost business and that one person buying one <laughs> box of crab legs is going to really turn the business Statistically, around. Statistically, if you have more money, you're going to spend more money. And, and there's an argument ev- to be made with universal basic income with that process right there. Until it magically stops because they don't show progress. So then what do we do? We, we Well, even then. Okay, so let's just term, say we just continue it for throughout, three months, we boost throughout the, economy the world, for three throughout months. the rest of time. Why don't you get a job that boosts the economy too? <laughs> It was 2% unemployment rate. How was the economy then? I don't know, maybe booming. All the jobs were coming back into the U.S. and companies were reinvesting in our own country because we had a workforce that was willing to do the work mm-hmm. because that's how businesses work. That's how economics run. And then we have other world powers struggling because of that. I don't know. A stimulus check <laughs> is pretty cool every week, not yep. just when there's a global pandemic. It's true. It's the same thing with universal income. But I, think I just don't see it. I think and you a and I, process. You and I, first of all, are going to take that money and reinvest it into something else because that's who we are. We we want our money to make money. We pay off debt. We say gu- goodbye. No more debt. You're gone. And then we try to get ahead. That's you and I. You, literally, this table. That's it. That's what this table does. There's more people than just you and I that do that. I think a majority of Americans would do that. However, I can't speak for them. So all sure. I know is that that's exactly what you and I would do. If the government says, Mike and Derek, we're going to give you X amount of dollars for X amount of time, well, you and I are going to sit down and have a game plan. And then once that game plan is established, then we bring the wives into it. And then we say, this is what's going to happen. And then... <laughs> you got to get their approval always. Uh, well, I mean, if we don't, <laughs> not only are we going to have to deal with the wives, but we're going to have to deal with their families. But All I'm saying is that from a overall thought process standpoint, which is what organically caused this whole conversation... If we had some sort of government-backed process that mitigated some of the risks of me quitting my job so I can pod full-time, this podcast would be miles ahead of where it is right now because there's a safety net. Well, not but, only that, but just – I mean that's just simple. That's like Y equals MX plus B. It's the same thing. You, It's more time equals more progress at a faster rate of speed. Mm-hmm. That's, that's anything. Sure, but my whole argument is that if there was this – process to mitigate some of that risk, it wouldn't just be me doing that. It would be a lot of people sacrificing their full-time job to be able to have that safety net, to be able to innovate, to be able to produce more for the society that they live in, more than what they do now. Because I know that you and I would probably do that too, if we had that safety net. And there's a ton of people out there that could probably, again, this is all hypotheticals, and I'm not for this, it's just an argument for this, that if we had that safety net, people would be more willing to innovate, to have more Amazons, to have more Googles, to have more businesses that can provide more for the economy than we're doing right now. That's the whole thought process. And what I want is for people to do that regardless of what's going on with the federal government. So if they fail, they're they're screwed. Okay. Start, start over. It's much harder than that just to start over. It's not. Yes, it is, dude. dude. How many businesses it's failed? so hard just to start over. Okay. Look at any successful entrepreneur with his one successful business. Look at Shark Tank, the three people in Shark Tank. Mm -hmm. Look at Mark Cuban. Ask Mark Cuban how many businesses he ran that completely failed before he was quote-unquote successful with one business. Sure. The average millionaire fails at seven businesses before they make a million dollars with one business. We should stop this right now because this is our first business. Or or we take the advice of Will Smith, which you said before, there's only plan A. Right. And only grind on plan A because plan B and C don't matter, and it's just a distraction from plan A. 
So crush it and do everything possible to make plan A possible. So for every Mark Cuban that sacrificed everything, I believe that there would have been four other Mark Cubans that would have made that same sacrifice pending they had federal aid to mitigate some of the risks of doing that. I so think if you and I left our job right now and we lost everything, it would take you and I years to get back on our feet. We would lose everything if we just quit our jobs and decided that we're going to try to make this work. And if it failed, we would lose everything. So that's my argument right there. Okay. <laughs> but the beautiful thing about this is that you can always make money. Always. There's always ways to make money. We can pick up trash and scrap it. We can start cutting people's grass. We can plow driveways. We can salt people's properties. All for money. There's nothing stopping us from making money. You can do anything. You can plant someone's flowers for money. You can weed someone's grass. Anything. You can fertilize. You what like, And that's just landscaping. You can bust. You can do dishes. You can do anything you want for money. There's jobs everywhere, especially again, not that, more than those ever. Those jobs are taking away your time at growing your own business. Yeah, but you got to pick and choose your battles if you just lost everything, hypothetically. But again, the whole point that I'm saying is that there's nothing stopping anybody from trying a business and failing at a business and then trying again. That's true. Absolutely nothing. And universal basic income is just going to basically be a quote-unquote safety net that may, sure, may allow people to do it, but just do it anyways. There's so many people that are afraid to just do something in this country for literally no reason other than their own psyche. Like, what? literally Kennedy's famous quote of, don't ask... Ask for permission. No, don't ask what you can do for the country. Or don't ask what the country can do for you. Ask what you can do for the country. People don't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. Ever. Like, at all. You know what I mean? Like, oh, sure, I could volunteer to serve. Like, eh. Or, no, I have A, B, and C that won't allow me to. So then what else can I do? Yeah. No, that, that's that, a good point about the, the military and serving because that is basically you're getting paid for the sacrifices that you made. Yeah. I mean, some, you know, there's other people that lie about their VA rating, but the people that earned it, like mm -hmm. free college, you earned free college by just joining. Like, you want to see the world? Go join. Yeah. You can see the world. You can, but that's that's just one gateway. The whole point that I'm trying to make is that there's so many people that are just not doing enough with the opportunities presented to them because they're so entitled that they want the country to do it for them. No one's willing to do the work to actually just make their life better. And then, of course, the whole societal thing comes into play. Not everybody's granted the same opportunities and there's the ghettos and the projects. And, like, sure, but then there's always the outliers, like the one homeless woman, and I read her book, she was homeless, but then she put herself through Harvard and now she's successful and she wrote her own book. How did she like, do that? Work. Really? Yeah, work. And she studied, and she she grinded because a library card is free. So she just went to the library and taught herself how to read and then taught herself everything that she wanted to do and then got accepted into, into Harvard, graduated from Harvard because of hard work, and now she's very successful. She's not homeless. She made her own money. She made her own worth, and she raised kids. Like, in the if, if you are a legal U.S. citizen, there is so many opportunities presented to you. Even if you wanted to start a small business, you can go to the Small Business Development Center there's like four of them in Western New York alone, specifically one in Buff State, and they literally give you the roadmap of how to open up a small business. And then they 
potentially work with you on getting grants and federal loans and everything else to start the business with an upfront cost. Mm -hmm. They show you how to make a business plan, how to do market analysis, all of those things. All you have to do is just walk in the door and have the conversation. Most people don't have the courage to do that. So that's where I struggle because, like, sure, you can consider us entrepreneurs for doing this when, in reality, the only thing we do is talk to people every week about hearing their story about them having the courage to start a business and we don't charge for it because we know it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So for people to look for a handout of universal basic income as a safety net to start a business, like that's just soft to me. Like, I just don't get it. Like, just go do it. If you want to do it, just do it and then shut up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. There's so many, dude, there's so many businesses now that started as newspaper (coughs) routes. They handed out newspapers and all of a sudden they run a business. Mm-hmm. There's multiples in Buffalo alone for people like that, but you know I can't say that or I can't feel that way because all of a sudden I'm an extremist and I have no compassion. Oh, I'm sure he votes red. Like I literally tell you not to litter. Do you really think a, a diehard Republican is sitting there <laughs> telling you that he cares if you throw out muddy taco on the 400? Like I just the whole thing drives me nuts. But yeah, Andrew Yang, if you're watching, I'd love to sit down and talk to you because I want to know what those parameters are and what the actual plan is for people that quote unquote don't show progress because you know damn well that they're just going to buy crab legs and then their taste buds are going to go crazy because those are on your tongue. And now that they've had that taste, what are they going to do? What are they going to do, Derek? What are they going to do with their tongues? Go fly. That way they can't taste. Or they might buy Brooks. Or they might walk into a tattoo shop and say, "Gauge my ears." You know? What are we going to talk about next week now? Eyes? You got to come up with a different organ for us to talk about. Maybe liver, since that's what if the we thing talk that's about, going to go on us. What if we talk about a... Wait, that's not the same thing, is it? An organ player? It is. An organ's an instrument. Sure is. I don't know how that relates, but sure. Well, you talked about what organ are we going to talk about, and I said, what if, what if we talk about the organ? Okay. <laughs> dom, 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 dom. Those things are sweet. They have them in Sabres games. The only good thing about Sabres games. Wait, what? They have one in the arena? Yeah. Really? That's what makes the noise. It's not a regular piano. It's an organ, man. Can't get that sound out of a piano. What sound? The only sound I hear is the the opponents when they score a goal. It's the <laughs> the bell thing that well, goes lately, off. Well, lately, yeah. No cheer is being had in the Sabres arena. But like right. the, I don't know, like all the sounds that they do. Like all the music? Like that's all on an organ. I thought that was pre-recorded music that they just press a button and no, play it. They, they show the dude sometimes playing it. And he's going off, bro. He's like a rock star over there. <laughs> he's like, I do this for a living. When's dun, the, dun, 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 dun. It when's just goes the, off. When's the last time you went to church? <laughs> Jeez. Oh, organs. I gotcha. I got how you made that um, connection. For a You, like, saw, you for saw a wedding? You saw the bridge in that conversation? Yeah. Just just in general, when's the last time you went to church? A church? Well, for, church. For a wedding, which was two months ago, where they actually had a ser- like a mass before okay. that. What about before that? Like, Catholic churches. When's like, the last time you went to mass? What are you? What did you grow up as? Nothing? <laughs> I I think I'm... You're going to get struck down like mid-episode right probably. here. Dude, that'd be a great story, though. I'm pretty sure that would catalyst up, so we don't need universal basic income. If you post that video, you'd be successful. I'd be dead, but you'd be successful in a millisecond. Maybe our life like work. Vid- yeah, really. They are working, though. I they're know, doing, they're doing good. good. But maybe that'll be like the I saw heaven and hell video, and then you just become a millionaire off of one viral video. Dude, did you watch that? Yeah, I did. Thoughts? I, I don't... Uh, 
I don't know, dude. If you start explaining stuff, hold on. Okay, so for, let's get back to that. But first time I went to church, or last time I went to church, has to be like at least 20 years ago. I was grown up, I believe, Lutheran. Lutheran part. I think I was baptized as either Lutheran or Protestant. I don't know. But I never went to one of those churches. I think we talked about this during like one of our first 10 episodes because my stepmom actually listened to it and she was the one that tried to bring us to church when we were younger, um, when my dad remarried. And then I was like, I don't know, my, my ankle kind of hurts today. I can't go today. And then I just never went again. So she tried to bring us to church and then I just never, I don't know, dude. There's something about somebody telling me, stand up, sit down, stand up, kneel, stand up, sit. Like it's, I understand that some people relate to it, but it's so cultish for me that I just can't go to church. There's, there's just something about... I can't believe in God at my house, but as soon as I have to go down to the church, like Bill Burr has a great skit about it. He's like, I can't believe in in here, but I have to go to your building so he can recognize me and I got to pay you money to do it. Fuck off. Like that's his whole bit. Right. And it's just, it's so true. It's so like, you have to do this or else this happens. It's like, no dude, like I can believe in something and not have to go to an organized building where there's people that are still probably wearing masks, even though COVID is over and they, you're just going to talk to me about it. Like that's just stupid to me. So I was brought up one of those and I just haven't ever gone to it. I tried to go to church for like four minutes and it, I had a broken ankle and I couldn't go again. And then I just never gone since, except for like weddings and stuff and funerals. Gotcha. How about you? Um, last time I went to mass, I, maybe for like a holiday. But yeah, I was, I was raised Roman Catholic and I stopped practicing after I got in a fight in religion class and got kicked out. Oh, so... Nice. Everything was so I played floor hockey, and this floor hockey was held in a church. Okay, I couldn't bring the stick above my knees, couldn't do that, or else I got a penalty. I couldn't swear, or else I got a penalty. So I was in the penalty box all the time because I played ice hockey, sticks always coming above my knees. And when they get called, they call me for a penalty, I swear, and I get another penalty. I was always in the penalty box. And ever since that, like we had to do a Bible reading before the game, I don't even know why I joined. This is not my cup of tea, but we had to do a Bible reading before, and I'm like, "This is just. Can I just play hockey? I understand I'm at a church floor hockey league, but can't I just play hockey? Why do we have to read Jebediah 3.4? I don't even know what that is, but it's just like, why do we have to do this? Three colon four. Yeah, whatever. Palm or whatever. Psalm. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so that <laughs> that heaven heaven and hell video. I'm going straight to hell after this. That video. I watched it. It was a cool video, but everything that he said in there, I predict, like I could predict, like there wasn't anything shocking that he said, like this is this way. Something that I haven't seen portrayed in movies. I haven't seen other people talk about. I haven't seen, like there wasn't anything like groundbreaking that he said. Whereas I could see him either dreaming that. I could see him watching a movie and hallucinating all this. I could see him being on a crazy drug trip and hallucinating all this. Like, there's ways for me. Like, I'm not saying that I don't believe it, but, like, there wasn't anything groundbreaking where I'm like, oh, I never heard of that before. That's wild. Probably because it's only one place and multiple people have been there. Have they, though? Is it even real? I'm just kidding. Well... Am I a conspiracy theorist for believing that he's wrong? So, have you ever seen the show Forge and Fire? No. On History Channel? They, like, make swords and compete. You know the show, though? 
Okay, so yeah, one, heard of it. so one of the hosts is Prior Service. He was on another podcast and he was on the show for seven seasons. And he was talking about he's like super salty. So he was on he was on the show for the first seven seasons. So it's the same guy. So um, he was talking about I lost my train of thought and now I'm mad. Nailed it. Ted Universal Basic and can come back, right? No, that's why I'm losing my train of thought because I'm just still super annoyed about that because nobody wants to work anymore and it's destroying everything. It's true. <sighs> Was it related to the conversation we were just having? Do you want yeah. to talk about it next week? Yeah, we can. All right. It's fine. Well, we are at... How long? 58 minutes. 58 minutes? Yeah, it kind of flew and I got to go to the gym now. So, everybody, thank you very much for joining. This has been episode 96 of the Buffalo Happy Hour. We have a banger coming at you for episode 100 that you're not going to want to miss. So, if you're not subscribed and you're new true. here, please subscribe to the YouTube channel down below. It only helps us and it's free for you to do also. Please hit that like button. Uh, I would love more likes on our videos because for some reason that just doesn't happen anymore. Um, and comment. Comment down below what topic you would like us to talk about because clearly we just talk about whatever we want to and that is good and bad so uh comment down below if you would like us to talk about anything specific and we will try to incorporate it in the next video today we were drinking mellow corn whiskey brought to you by heaven hill distillery if you're interested in hearing the review of that the wednesday whiskey review please tune in to last week wednesday we talked about this at or in depth we have it rated up here on the board that you can't see so go check that out it was a very cool review um, we are on Instagram at the Buffalo Happy Hour 12, and we are on Facebook at the Buffalo Happy Hour and on TikTok at the Buffalo Happy Hour as well. We post our Wednesday whiskey reviews and our Thursday three-quarter sipping sessions there. And, yeah, we have a ton more interviews for you guys coming up. Those aren't stopping. We are going to continue grinding because we don't have any other choice because we don't have a plan B or C. <laughs> We will see you next week, everybody. Yeah, thank you, everybody, for joining us. Please remember to drink responsibly. Be a good person. And, Michael. Do not litter. We're out. Time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.